Good morning, church. How's everybody today? <clears throat> Welcome to church. We're so glad that you have joined us, that you're here at our campuses today, and it's an honor to us, and we don't take that lightly. If you're a first-time guest, uh, we want to welcome you to, to this uh, space. We want to welcome you to North Star Church. And if you're a first-time guest, you can text the word guest to this number, 662-493-2311. And that will give us a, a record of your uh, presence today. Are you glad you came today? Just somebody say amen. All right. North Star's a place, we like to say, where, and we believe this, North Star is a place where everybody's welcome, nobody's perfect, and anything is possible. We welcome those at both of our campuses, and we welcome those that are joining us online. My name is Terry. I'm the senior pastor here at North Star Church, and I'm glad to have the privilege of standing here and talking to you today. Our church is a very special church. It's special to me. Uh, wasn't, wasn't those students' welcomes incredible today? Amen? Amen. We, we are a church that uh, exists so that those that are far from God will draw near to Him through the power of Jesus Christ. It is our vision, and we want you to know this, and that's why I talk about this practically every Sunday. It is our vision at North Star to glorify God by making disciples of all nations. That's why we stress inviting people and sharing the gospel with people and inviting your neighbors and sharing with your neighbors. And it's also why not only do we believe in going across the street or the workspace, but we believe in going around the world. And we've We've had people this year uh, doing just that, going around the world. And next year, uh, we, I know s several mission opportunities that we'll have. So, that's our vision lived out. We're real people. We're just regular people. A place where everybody's welcome. But we, we believe that, that God wants to transform lives. And so today... We begin a brand new series entitled, Even Though, Even Though. And we're going to be talking about what that means. The very heart of this series is that God would forge in you a bolder faith. You say, why, Terry? Because I know this, I know that life will and is going to deal you a hand that you didn't see coming. And that's why we need a bold faith forged in us because you'll look up and you'll discover that you're in a, a difficulty in life, a storm in life, a challenge in life that brings you to the point that, that it's hard to believe anymore. I may be talking to some people that already have gotten to that point. You may be at that point right now or on the verge of, of saying, you know, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's become difficult 
These circumstances in my life have caused me, caused it to be difficult to, to have faith, difficult to believe, difficult to have joy, hard to even make it. This is what I know, that there are a lot of people who are not in church this morning because they got to a point in their life, in their faith, that they didn't see coming. And they started questioning God and saying, God, uh, is this you? Are, Are you doing this? Because if this is God, I don't want anything to do with it. This is what I know, and that is that in life, there are a lot of circumstances that will derail and deflate our faith. There really are. Maybe it's a sickness. Maybe it's a a relational issue. Maybe it's financial. Maybe it's spiritual. And if you're a follower of Christ, they're all spiritual, but maybe something has come into your life that has deflated you. Some of you are saying, Pastor T, man, you're you're reading my mail. That's where I'm at. My faith feels deflated. I feel derailed in life. Now, it's easy to come to church like today and feel good and sing good and walk away saying, man, that the preaching was good. I said, you walk away and say, the preaching was good. <laughs> the, the music was, preaching was good, but the music was incredible. It's easy to come on, on a Sunday, even though sometimes it's hard to show up. But once you show up, it's easy on Sunday to come and to, and to sing. And then when you leave, you're thinking, what's up with this? I tithed and I attended and I worshiped, but still, this is happening. Well, church, this is what I know, and that is that God wants us to rise in these moments with bolder faith. He doesn't want us just to, just to leave and, and left to wonder. <laughs> you see, it is our goal at North Star, to move people from the rows in the auditoriums into a personal relationship with Almighty God that will emblazon us with a heaven confidence, a heavenly confidence. And so... Uh, in preparation for these messages. Uh, God did a work in my own life, but I, I started noticing all the even those in the Bible. Not literally, necessarily, the two words even though, but the meaning behind it. And as I began to look at it, I, this one guy kept popping into my head, and his name is Job. And you think you got it bad? You think you're going through the fire and through the difficulty? Job, read the book of Job for crying out loud. 
<coughs> Job's wife of many years told him, Job is just so bad. Just curse God and die. Get it over with. But in Job chapter 13, Job said, even though, even though you slay me, he's talking to God, I will trust you. I don't know today. It's hard to know in a church our size. I don't know today uh, what you're facing, what storm in life. You're either coming out of a storm or you're in a storm or you're you're going into a storm. I I don't know. Maybe it's the collapse of a a marriage. Maybe it was a, a phone call that changed the landscape of your life. And maybe you came to a service like this and before the day was over, someone smashed into you. Not literally, possibly though, that would not be good either. But the circumstances of life smashed into you. And you say, God, what, what's up with this? I don't know who may be who got that phone call or that letter in the mail or that disappointment in life. I'm talking to some folks right now that that's happened to recently. And this is what I know. The night may be long, but God is faithful. Is anybody receiving this today? Even though the night may be long, and by the way, Longer than you expected. God is faithful. The passage that we're going to look at in this message uh, is a passage, uh, it it details the the missionary journey of, of the Apostle Paul in the Bible. In fact, it was his second missionary journey, and he was... Uh, going around spreading the gospel and planting churches. And uh, he comes up on a group of people and a group of ladies who were not Christ followers, but they were seekers. Okay? You know what I'm saying? They had, they had yet to, to give their hearts to Christ. They had yet to put their trust in Christ, but they were asking questions. And he comes up on them and like nobody else could do it like Paul. Paul starts sharing the gospel with them. And guess what? One of them gets saved. Her name was Lydia. Lydia was one of the most prominent citizens. She was a businesswoman in the city of Philippi. And this was on his second missionary journey. This was the, the, the first city in 52 AD that he stopped at and he began to plant churches. And this is the place that we now know as Europe. And it was a city of Philippi, and Lydia got saved. And most likely, the very first church in the city of Philippi, in whom Paul would later write the book of Philippians, a letter to this church, more than likely, probably, began in the living room of Lydia, a house church. 
And so the church began to grow, and there was a girl that was chasing uh, Paul. She was demon-possessed. Uh, she used her, uh, her masters, <coughs> used her uh, special demonic skills, if you would, for profit. She would foretell the future. And so Paul began to witness to her, and in fact, Scripture says that he cast the demons out of her, and it really upset her owners. Now, if you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Acts in chapter 16. Acts chapter 16. Did you bring your Bible today? Say amen. All right. Turn them on, open them up. I don't care. Let's just get in the Word. Look at the screen. Let's look at the Word today. In chapter 16 of the book of Acts, I'm going to begin to read with verse 22. The Bible says, the crowd, now let, let me stop. Her owners were upset, and so they brought Paul and Silas to the authorities. The crowd joined in the attack against Paul and Silas, and the magistrates ordered them to be stripped and beaten with rods. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison, and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. When he received these orders, he put them in the inner cell and fastened their feet in the stocks. About midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening. I think that's so cool. In the midst of a struggle, in the midst of pain, in the midst of hopelessness, Paul and Silas still had faith, and they still endured. The night was long, but God is faithful. Suddenly there was, they were singing. Suddenly there was such a violent earthquake that the foundation of the prison were shaken. At once all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains came loose. The jailer woke up and when he saw the prison doors open, he drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. But Paul shouted, don't harm yourself. <coughs> we are all here. The jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. He then brought them out and asked, sirs, what must I do to be saved? They replied, believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your, your household. Then they spoke the word of, of the Lord to him and all, to all the others in his house. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them, washed their wounds. Then immediately he and his household were baptized. The jailer brought them into his house and set a meal before them. He was filled with joy because he had come to believe in God. He and his whole household. Let's pray together. <coughs> Heavenly Father, thank you for today and thank you for this time that we can spend together just looking and reading and listening to the Word of God. I pray, Heavenly Father, that you would take uh, these moments and bless them in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, Amen. Amen. 
All right, so uh, here is Paul and Silas, and they, uh, they had been thrown into prison, and the, the owner of this slave girl, this girl that would, uh, was a fortune teller, they were really upset because they, they, they did some damage to their career. They had been making money off of, uh, off of her. And so here is Paul and Silas uh, thrown in, into prison. The, the Bible says that, that the prison doors flew open and the, all the chains of, of the prisoners were, were uh, the prisoners were loosed. Verse 23, let's just go back. After they had been severely flogged, they were thrown into prison and the jailer was commanded to guard them carefully. Now, usually <coughs> when I preach this message, when I preach a message from this passage, uh, m- more times than not, the emphasis, of, I t- I'll talk about the jailer, but the emphasis is usually about Paul and Silas. You know, this, that's another message. At midnight, they had been beaten, thrown into the inner prison. Uh, probably was going to face death, but here Paul and Silas, this was a midnight for them, and it was a long midnight. But today I want to talk more about the jailer. Now, we don't know a lot about the jailer. We just know he was a, a jailer. And we know that he was a father. Verse 25 says, about midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God, and the other prisoners were listening to them. Don't you know that, that Paul had been sharing the gospel, had been quoting scripture? Whew! This is a, a, a gospel-preaching man. Don't you know, and when they're singing, man, it was like the icing on the cake, and they, they all had been listening to them. Suddenly, there was such a violent earthquake that the foundations of the prison were shaken, at once, all the prison doors flew open and everyone's chains uh, came loose. Verse 27, the jailer woke up when he saw the prison doors open. He drew his sword and was about to kill himself because he thought the prisoners had escaped. Now, just a casual reading of this passage uh, doesn't give you the, 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 the impact, the weight of what was about to happen. Okay, so the prisoners were, were loosed. The jailer drew his sword. He was about to kill himself. You say, that don't make sense. Well, it doesn't make sense. But in this day, the Roman authorities that, that were over the jailer would say that uh, you are held responsible. Sign the dotted line. If the prisoners escape, your means your, your death. And so it was, it was pretty heavy. It was a great responsibility. And... The, the jailer, you know, he signed up for it, but he never thought it would happen because especially with the prisoners being in chains in the inner cell, practically impossible to, to break loose. But something happened. An earthquake came. The Bible says in verse 28, the jailer called for lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. So if you're taking notes, this is the first thing. Earthquakes are going to come. Troubles are going to come. Difficulties are going to come. Pain is going to come. Embarrassment is going to come. The earthquakes will will come. (coughs) But listen for the voice of God 
in the earthquake. In the circumstance, difficulty that you're facing, listen for the voice of God. Now they heard, the, the jailer heard the, the voice of Paul, and you may be saying, well, he didn't hear the voice of God, he heard the voice of Paul. If you'll listen carefully, you'll hear the voice of God. And uh, I, know, I know none of this story is by accident, all right? Uh, it's not by accident that Paul and Silas came to Philippi in 52 AD. It was, it's, it was staged by God. It was no accident that Lydia got saved and a, a fortune teller was delivered from demonic possession. It wasn't an accident. It was staged. It wasn't an accident that Paul and Silas were thrown into prison on this particular day, guarded by this particular jailer. It wasn't an accident. It was staged. It wasn't by accident that this young man grew up and he chose the profession of being a jailer. It was no accident. It was staged. And so I want to say, your earthquake is no accident. It's not an accident that, now sometimes we, we, um, uh, we're responsible sometimes for our own storms, all right? We're going to talk about storms on another day in this series. Um, sometimes we have self-made earthquakes. You, do you know what I'm saying? Decisions that we've made, choices, et cetera, et cetera. But I want to tell you that your earthquake is no accident. It is just the beginning point. What looks like the end for us is the beginning point for God. Isn't that good news, somebody? <laughs> because when you leave here and life gets back to normal this afternoon pretty quick as you walk through the 90-degree temperature on your, the way to your car, it's still the real world. Don't be one of those that it was easy to come and to sing and hear the word and then think that life is over when you leave. Your earthquake is, is not an accident. And also what's interesting is um, Paul and Silas were in an earthquake and it was the same earthquake that the jailer was in. That's deep. You'll get that at lunch. It was the same one. It was just different. It was the perspective that Paul and Silas, I mean, they were, they were looking at God through the earthquake. The prisoner was looking at death <coughs> because he thought his life was over. Verse, verse 29 says, The jailer called for the lights, rushed in, and fell trembling before Paul and Silas. Uh, he, he thought his, his life was over. Maybe you've come today, maybe you're listening to this message and you're thinking, I don't think I can recover from this. I don't think, <laughs> I, th I think I've gone too far, I've crossed over. I think, I don't think there's any hope for me. Well, Paul and Silas said there is hope for you. Verse 30 says, he then brought them out and asked them, sirs, <coughs> what must I do to be saved? 
Now, no doubt they had already been sharing the gospel with him, whether he was listening or not, or pretended to listen or not. Notice what they, they told him. In verse 31, they replied, believe in the Lord Jesus. Somebody needs to be saved today. Listen to this. Believe in the Lord Jesus, and you will be saved, you and your household. So here's Paul and Silas sharing the gospel. They didn't say, uh, hey, uh, what must I do to be saved? Just believe in God. It's more than believing in God. The Bible says that the demons believe in God and they tremble. You don't have to be an atheist to go to hell. You can believe in soap and die dirty. That was probably the deepest thing that I've said today. Let me say it again. You can believe in soap and die dirty. It's more than just believing that there is a God. He says, believe in the Lord Jesus, meaning he is our Savior. Believe in the Lord Jesus. So listen to the voice of God in your earthquake. Second, allow God to change you in the earthquake. This is my favorite part. Allow whatever's going on in your life, even though the earthquake comes, I will trust God. Even though I will trust God. Even though it seems unbearable, I will trust God. So let God change you in this season of your life. So, well, how did, how did God change this guy? Real quick, I'm going to just give you a few. Uh, one, he believed the gospel. That God sent his only son, Jesus, to the earth. This is the gospel message. You ready? For God so loved the world that he sent his only son, the gospel. That Jesus, born of the Virgin Mary, grew up and lived a sinless life. And went to the cross and died a sinner's death. It didn't end there because on the cross he conquered sin. Every sin that you and I have committed, past, present, future, was nailed to the cross when Jesus was nailed to the cross. The blood that he shed covers us. The Bible says without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sin. There had to be a sacrifice. Jesus was that sacrifice, but it didn't end there. They laid him in a cold, dark, borrowed tomb. The devil thought he had won. All of his followers thought it was over. It was Friday, but Sunday's coming. And on Sunday, Jesus rose from the dead victorious. On the cross, he conquered sin. In his resurrection... Conquered death. So, what happened to this jailer? One, he believed the gospel. Two, he took the gospel to his family. Now, just a, a quick reading of this, you're thinking, uh, okay, they got saved when Paul went to their house. I don't know. Uh, I read this a hundred times. I, I don't. I don't know exactly how this went down. But I don't think that he depended 
on anybody else to introduce them to the gospel. They may have shared the gospel message, but this jailer met Jesus. I, I, I think, you, you read it a hundred times and see what you think. I think, he said, uh, look guys, you, you're not going nowhere, right? I've just been born again. Don't let me down. Because uh, I want to go get my family. I don't think they were living in a lean-to next to the jail. I, I don't know how this went down. But he went and got his family. Because, because the Bible says in verse 32, they didn't go to his house until verse 34. Verse 32 says, Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and to all the others in his house. Verse 34 is when they went to the house. I'm just thinking that the jailer said, hey, guys, don't go nowhere. Don't go anywhere. He went and got his family. And they heard the gospel. Let me ask you, parents, what are you doing? Come on, listen. What, what are you doing to take the gospel to your family? You let, you're trying to let somebody else do it? Have you shared the gospel with your son? Have you shared the gospel with your daughter? Have you shared the gospel with your husband? Have you shared the gospel with your wife? What happened to this man? Well, he believed the gospel. He took the gospel to his family. And then I, I, I did this, but I, I want to kind of make an addendum here. He was kind to others. Uh, Unbelievers can be kind to others. I guess it would be better for me to say a life that has been changed by Jesus Christ is evident in the lifestyle that you live. I don't know why I didn't put that. I guess it was too long or something. The Bible says that he, that he went and he took healing, ointment, bandages, and verse 33 says, he washed their wounds. At that hour of the night, the jailer took them and washed their wounds. And then immediately, he and his household were baptized. So his life was changed. Let, let me just say this. When you meet Jesus Christ, it changes you. It changes how you talk. It changes how you think. It changes where you go and what you participate in. It changes your attitude. I've seen some professing Christians with attitudes that seem like they came from hell. It's perpetual. And I'm not judging them, but just looking, inspecting their fruit, wow. Doesn't look like a lot of change in their life. When you meet Jesus Christ, if that's today, it starts today. If that was yesterday, it continues today. If that was a month ago or 20 years ago or 50 years ago, <coughs> that process is still happening. He believed the gospel. He took the gospel to his family. His life changed. He was kind to others. And then it says, in the next verse, it says, then he was baptized alright what, what about that well he was saved before he was baptized 
What must I do to be saved? He said, believe in the Lord Jesus. He and his whole household heard the gospel. They gave their hearts to Christ. Then they were baptized. And the evidence that Jesus truly has come into your life is that you follow in baptism. But it doesn't end there. I've got one more. Then they started. Then he began to fellowship with other believers. So how do you know that? Verse 34 says, they ate. They shared a meal together. Fellowship is more than eating, by the way. It is an incommonness. And now, a, a preacher, two preachers, that a jailer couldn't even keep two preachers in a jail. A jailer chose this by profession, got saved, and they sat down, ate together, and fellowship together. We don't know what else they did together. I'm thinking, man, whew, they got into the Word together. I, I don't know how this goes, but I, I have a feeling that the jailer got in a small group. Come on. I think he started going to church, and he started tithing, and he started serving. Because when Jesus comes into your life, change happens. So listen for the voice of God in the earthquake. It's not the end. It's not the end. And then let God change you in the earthquake. The night, it's, it may still be night. It may be longer than you expected. But joy comes on the other side. So that, that sounds like a scripture. It is. Weeping may endure for a moment, but joy comes in the morning. So trust God and let God change you. And all God's people said, how many receive this today? Say amen. amen. Father, thank you for the word. Thank you for the privilege of, of being able to, to teach the word and to experience the word. And God, I just pray that you'll take these final moments of worship and just, Lord, uh, speak to our hearts, direct us through the earthquakes that we may be experiencing. You may be listening today and realizing that you've never put your trust in Jesus Christ. Maybe you've been a religious person, a church member, but you've never really truly said yes to Jesus Christ. I want to give you an opportunity at both of our campuses and online right now just to say from your heart this declaration, dear God, I'm a sinner who needs a Savior. I believe that Jesus Christ died on the cross for my sins and he rose again on the third day. I repent and turn from my sin and myself and I turn to you, Lord Jesus. Come into my life. Please forgive me. And today, I put my trust in you. Today, I follow you as Lord. Maybe your prayer today is simply, God, help me 
to to have bold faith forge in me that that bold faith emblazon in me a heavenly confidence that I might take the gospel across the street across the world that I might be a, a, a blessing to my family and a blessing to others I'm going to ask that everyone at both campuses, would you stand with me? I just want to pray over you. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Thank you that no weapon formed against us will prosper. Thank you, God, for scriptures like this that teach us that when it all, when all seems hopeless, you are still faithful. Even though I can't figure it out, even though it's not comfortable, even though my life seems like it's over, I will trust you. God, thank you for the time that we've shared together, and God, as we uh, enter into this short time of worship in our closing, I pray, God, that you'll be glorified and you would speak to us in Jesus name.